Yes, let's hear a missionary. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, Lynette Hunt. I know her husband is tuning in. Let's hear this woman of God tonight. So I just want to um, give God thanks and praise. And I thank you, Lord, for having your way tonight, Lord God, yes. touching your people, Lord, yes. even as I share tonight, God, that you will touch your people. Thank you for healing families, healing fathers, God, that yes. they will yes. raise up and be the fathers that you've called them to be and pattern their lives after you. God, we thank you and we praise you because you are awesome, God. And we just give your name glory, honor. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So Sunday, um, we talked about the scenario of the husband um, being in the home, working more than he has to and not spending time with the family. Uh, we also talked about some of the reasons why that may be possible. And one of them was financial because he possibly had to because of the um, amount of bills or whatever they have. <laughs> We talked about um, being disconnected from his, his spouse, just not wanting to be there or feeling that he is doing all that he was, is supposed to do just by working and being out of the home. We also talk about um, keeping up with the Jones and um, having to work more because you've ob obtained some things that you really can't afford. Um, so that makes you out of the house and not connected with your family as a husband and as a father. Um, so some of the negative effects that um, we talked about is um, some of the negative effects with the father not setting examples for his family, not being there for his children to set examples of how to be a father, of how to treat his wife, not him not being around uh, to affirm um, and validate even his wife or his children and possibly also losing them to some negative influences. So I did a little research and found out about some of the following statistics of a fatherless or not, participating, not participating father. Um, and it's called the father absence crisis in America. And there is a crisis in America according to the US Census Bureau, eight, 18.3 million children out of 18.3 million children, one in four live without a biological father, without a step, without an adoptive father in the home. And some of the effects of that, them having, not having this father and male role model in their home are they are four times greater for the risk of poverty seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teen. More likely to have behavioral problems without the father in the home. More likely to face abuse and neglect because we don't, they don't have anybody there to help and to support them, to protect them. They're two times greater risk of infant mortality more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol, more likely to go to prison, two times more likely to suffer obesity, more likely to commit crime, and two times more likely to drop out of high school. These are the effects of not having either a father in a home 
or having a father in the home that is not participating, that is not connected to his family, that is not showing love and validating his family. And the bottom line is um, these findings are, are from fatherless or inactive father homes. The majority, if not all, are because they were not taught how to be a father. So generationally, they have always done it this way, not knowing any other way. And so that's why they continue in that way. And so from generation to generation, they go on and on because they don't know any other way to behave. They don't know how to be a father. I once looked at this um, show and I'm sure you've all heard it. It was called um, Scared Straight. And there was once a teenage girl on there and she went through the whole process like they do scaring the children straight, you know, because they're out in the street doing things and they're being disobedient to their parents and doing things that they should not do. And so they had this young girl on and she went through the whole process and, you know, she did everything that everybody else did. She cried and she said, you know, whatever. She went through the whole process. And at the end of, at the end of the program, when they asked each teen, you know, what did they learn and what were they going to do? When they came to her, she said, well, I did learn some stuff. She said, but I'm probably going to go back to bang ganging because that's, that's what we all do. That's how we do it in our family. And so when you have come from families that, you know, live that way, you know, fathers, you don't have another way. You don't know of any other way to behave other than the way that you are used to um, behaving. But there is help. There is help for fathers, their children and their generations. And I'm not going to be before you long. It's called Jesus. He is the greatest example of a father. He has everything that we need. His love for us is the greatest example of love to follow. It is the ultimate model example. I was searching some scriptures about his love for us, and I'll share a few. In 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, talks about how love is patient, kind, not jealous, not boastful, not proud, not rude, not irritable, doesn't rec keep record of our wrong. And all of the things that we've done, he does not keep record of our wrong. It says it never gives up. Our father never gives up on us. It never loses faith. It's hopeful and endures every circumstance, everything that we go through, his love endures it. He's that powerful. He's that great. Romans 8 and 35 says, who shall separate us from the love of God? Who? And the answer came back in a nutshell, and I'm just paraphrasing, nothing, absolutely nothing can separate us from God's love. We can't do anything to make us loveless to him. There's nothing that we can do that will make God turn his love from us. Nothing at all can separate us from God's love. 
Ephesians 13 and 8 says, God's love is too great for us to even understand. We can't even understand it. You know, we can't understand how wide and how long, how high and how deep his love is. You know, that's how great his love is. Our mind can't even think about it. We can't even understand how great God's love is. You know, I think about my children sometimes and, you know, you know, you think about how much you love your children and you can say, yes, I love them, but you really can't explain it. You really can't explain how much you love your kids. And that's how God's love is for us. We can't even explain how much he loves us. And then, and then he says um, in Psalms 5, 11 through 12, he says, God's love is powerful. It is a shield to protect us. He protects us when we don't even know we're being protected. You know, he sometimes gives you an unction that something's going to happen. You know, that's his protection. When we're sleeping in our most vulnerable state, he's protecting us. You know, he is our protector. And then we look at Psalms 36, five through seven. And I was getting so excited looking through all of these scriptures of God's love to us today. I mean, it really, I was working and, and doing it at the same time, just reading it and working. And I was forgetting what I was doing at work sometimes because I was so excited about his love. And it says, he, it absolutely cannot fail us. It says, your unfailing love, O Lord, is as, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Can you imagine? You can't even imagine. You can't even imagine how his love won't even fail us. It will not fail. And then, you know, I, I looked at 1 John 3 and 1, and it says, God calls you his child. He calls you his child. It's a personal affair for him. You know, you're not just somebody. You know, you're not just a Christian. You're his child, and he calls you his child. Ephesians 1 and 5 says, God, this is this, this one, this one, let me tell you, this one got me today. Ephesians 1 and 5 says, God chose to adopt you because he loves you. He chose. So like me and my decision, my decision to adopt my kids, and I always tell them, you know, so he chose, God chose, I chose to adopt him. It's a difference. You know, when, you, when you're having a baby and you, you don't really want to get pregnant, but it becomes like a oops. You know, but we're not a oops to God. You know, he chose us. He chose us, you know, to love us, to, to be um, adopted through Jesus Christ. Amen. Then of all, John 3.16 says that God sent his son, his only begotten son, you know, to the world. And he gave his life for us so that we can have life. You know, he's that great and that's how his love. And so our fathers, the fathers, the men are to example. Can you imagine if from generation to generation, men would example the love of God, the way that God loves that he would love his children, their children, the way he loved, there would be no jails. You know, there would be no drugs to sell. 
You know, there would be no negativity if our fathers would love us the way Christ loved us. You know, there would be nothing at all. So I'm going to encourage every father that's listening, every father that's online, you know, whoever opens up this, 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 this uh, uh, message, you know, I'm going to encourage you to accept Christ into your life. Let our God be your father. You may have gone generations without having a father. You may have seen your father do things that you wouldn't, you know, you, that may not need to be done. You may not have felt the love of your biological father, of your adopted father, of your godfather, whoever it is that was standing as a father to you. But I'm telling you right now, our godfather, our father will be the father that you have never experienced. He has everything that you have need of. His love goes far beyond that you could even ask, that you could even think about. His love is so great for you. And so if you accept him, if you accept him in your life, our father, the one that protects us, the one that provides for us, the one that loves us, the one that gave himself totally selfless when we didn't even deserve it. You know, sometimes when we have our biological father and sometimes you do something wrong and they don't give you anything because they say you don't deserve it. Well, regardless of whether we deserved it or not, our father gave his only begotten son for us. We didn't deserve it. You know, we didn't love him enough, you know, but he loved us because he's our father. And so that is the example that the fathers today need to example. They need to set this as a pattern, as, as an example before them, that they would treat their children, that they would treat their wives. He gave, an, uh, 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 he, told the, he told the fathers, he told the husbands, to love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. That's a lot of love. That's a lot of love. If you can love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that means it is totally selfless. You are out of the way. Your needs are not even considered because all you're thinking about is meeting the needs of your wife and your family. And guess what? If you meet those needs, then your needs will be met. If you are the father and the husband that you're supposed to be, your needs will be met. So I encourage you again, you know, if you don't know Christ as your personal savior, it is as simple as opening up your mouth and say, Lord, I accept you in my life. Forgive me of all of my sins. Lord, wash me clean. Come into my heart. I believe you. I believe that you are Jesus Christ, the one who died and rose again for me. And I accept you into my heart. It is that simple. He don't even make it hard for you to accept him. Isn't he God? Isn't he awesome? He doesn't even make it hard for you to accept him. So I encourage you again, accept, accept Christ in your life. Begin to live for him. Begin to open up the word and see what he says about how you are supposed to be as a father. Receive his love as your father. Receive his protection, his love in your heart 
as your father and he will love you. He says with an everlasting love, it never ends. His love for us is endless. We can't even measure it, it is endless. And so I'm closing tonight and I'm just praying, you know, that each of you who have heard this word will receive it into your heart and will receive God's love for you and your family and your children. Amen.